0: All right, friends, welcome back. I'm The Zim. This is The Zim Video, and this is the Art Professor's Podcast. I am an art professor bringing you my story, bringing the story of others as we get interviews and things like that. We've only done two of those so far, but so far, mostly it's just me documenting my experience and journey as an art professor. Uh, again, I don't know how long this one's going to be. could be a short one. We have some reminders of what's coming up, just some updates about just the moment in time right now. I wanted to talk about grading a little bit. Just initial thoughts about grading. I'm coming up to the end of the semester. I'm gonna need to grade, you know, submit my grades. I think I talked a little bit about this last week, so maybe you already heard my the thoughts, but I'll I'll repeat them again. There's lots of repeats on this podcast. Um, Also, this idea, uh, some random thoughts about what I'm planning to do over like winter break, and then. talk about money issues again, and then talk about this idea of the the artistic handshake, I guess is what I'm calling it. So I'll fill you in on that a little bit more as we go, but let's get started. Reminder, so I'm currently teaching at Northwest Missouri State University in Missouri, up in the Northwest part of the state, um, uh, teaching graphic design and some other classes, but kind of sorta in, I don't know if in charge is the right word, but that's where I'm living, in the graphic design department. Um, I went to San Diego State University uh, for my uh, graduate school. I taught there for a year after graduate school. I went to the University of Washington for undergrad, which is, you know, it's like I said a couple weeks ago, it's uh, application season for jo- lots and lots. Every week I get more and more um post about tenure track position so what are we november 17th 2024 so if you're planning to do this journey you're basically from like november really november a little bit of last month what was it october october november is where applications start ramping up i've applied to one place the university of washington so fingers crossed i get a callback. that would be really cool um, I would totally be content working f- for a long time at the University of Washington. I think it feels like at this moment, based on what I know, based on that's basically home for me, I wouldn't mind being back in the Northwest if that's the reason I went back there. There's pretty mu- That's pretty much the only reason. Any The only reason I would go back to the Northwest would be to, to work at the University of Washington. I don't know. It's interesting. As I think about it, it's like, I really want to continue this journey of exploring and seeing maybe there's something else out there so who knows i don't know the universe will provide if the universe wants thinks it's the right time for me to be back at the northwest at the university of washington it will say i'll get a call (laughs) they'll they'll get an email or something and they'll be like zim we want to talk to you see if you're a good fit the thing that i know and i said this last time dude i'm like i'm good i'm good at this the thing that i know is that i am really good at this professorship thing there's still a lot i have to learn the parts that i'm learning is grading which we'll talk about later in the podcast the kind of external element of facilitate the academic or what might the person the belief of perception of what it means to be a research-based artist so depending on the the environment i'm in they may value that idea of going out in the world i don't know whatever that means to me it means like getting lots of exhibitions doing artist talks being a visiting you know workshop type lecturer in different places um right you know doing all actual writing of ideas um so there's like those things so and i I don't know. I'm probably closer to it than I think I am, but I just think because I've I started this journey kind of late in in comparison to maybe some other people that it feels like there's still a lot to learn, which is which I am learning. So those are the two main things I think. But as far as like the being a support of the to the institution, the administrative level, the definitely being a support to the students is like no, I'm like rock star level at that. Um, And then also just being a really good artist. Like I know how to make art and I know how to express it to uh, help students make art. You know, there's clearly lots of probably amazing artists out there that have no idea on how to then teach somebody, you know? They don't have that mannerism, that ability to do that. I am like locked on that 100%. I'm still learning a little bit about like the writing of syllabi and how that's supposed to really work and the best language to use for uh, course learning outcomes and those kind of things. But as far as once I'm in the classroom interacting with the students, I think I like think, uh, the highest level of ability to communicate to them, to meet them where they're at, to understand them, to challenge them, to, you know, do like that person to person ability. I f- I have the most confidence in myself. Just some of the exterior stuff like grading. Uh grading I'm still working on. We'll talk more about that later. So, it is application season. Um and I, you know, I would like to uh continue this journey of you know, learn of of teaching around the country and maybe around the world, maybe outside of the United States would be cool as well. Um, and just kind of bounce around for a few years so we'll see what happens there um <clears throat> couple updates on just life in a little bit as you those of you that are watching this you can see the my background is different i moved my kind of main setup of my live stream setup my computer setup into the space that i've made into my studio there's plastic on the floor there's paper on the walls i have art in the background on the walls um working on that stuff so and i should have done it a long time ago like this i didn't want to do it like this at first because i thought my computer stuff would get too messy but i think the way i'm making art now and in this i'm not allowing myself just to go ham with being as crazy as possible because it's the ceiling isn't covered. There's still parts of the walls that aren't covered, and I don't wanna deal with that. So I'm being a little less like crazy with my art making process that I was in my last space. So my computer stuff should stay fairly um, unblemished with ink and other things. But I just got it kind of in the center of the room. I don't know how big this room is. I'll say like 13 by 10 or something feet. Um, it's like perfect in a lot of ways. I would be very content if, like, this was the space I had with like a nook for a kitchen and a nook for a sleeping area. That's all I need. But of course, you've seen my old space that the sleeping area or my living room is, you know, fairly large. Um, but if if all I had was this size space with a sleeping area and a kitchen bathroom area. Uh, another like four feet five feet with all that i mean yeah i would be perfect you know don't have to spend a lot for sure so and talking about spending um we are i'm really still disappointed i'm still confronted with this disappointment of the financial situation of not realizing that I was going to run out of money every month. I didn't think this would be a, an issue. I thought I now that I'm working full-time, the the number, it was like 54,000 for the year. The number itself seemed like, "Oh, okay. That seems reasonable to live off of." No. Not even in a not even in a really cheap area. I'm I'm paying $600 a month for rent um so that's really cheap what it realized oh i meant to do some math before i started this what i realized is because right now this is the problem i'm out of it's november 17th i am basically completely out of money except for a little 800 i have in another bank account because i'm actually trying to save money i don't want to go to complete zero every month so i've been putting and i I don't have access to it's like inconvenient to try like if i needed that money right now it would take me a few days to get it because i'd have to transfer it it takes a while so, which is a good thing, you know. I need to be doing that. Um, and it's there's not, I mean, 800 and it started at a thousand and it's already gone down from where it started at the beginning of the year. And I was thought it would go up, so it's like god darn it. So, anyways, and right now I'm at z- zero, but my bank accounts are at zero. It's the 17th, I have to wait till the 30th. Luckily, this month I am going to get a deposit from YouTube in a couple days on the 20th, 21st. I'll get like 200 and Let's see, thirty bucks or so. Um, I can look that up. So what's what's heading its way to me is two hundred and thirty dollars and ninety nine cents, and it says minus taxes. So I don't know what that means, but somewhere around there. So that's a good thing. So in a couple of days, after wait a few more days, I'll actually be able to buy some art supplies again. Because what I need is I. So if, those of you that are watching in the background, I've been starting to use my Cricut Maker again, which last podcast, maybe the last couple of podcasts, I I was kind of like frustrated about my lack of making and I'm, I feel like I'm back in a rhythm. I feel like I'm now that I'm especially now that I moved my situation into the space again, um, it's a lot easier to just turn the camera on pointing at my artwork and start um, doing live stream making. Um, so in the last like seven, eight, well, other than being sick, yeah it's been weird but anyways the last little while um it's been easier and better to make and I feel much more I feel it I feel it like I started making again and I could feel the difference I'm not as depressed like oh, I'm not making what's going on and and I have some new ideas with how to approach these pieces behind me I was getting kind of like sort of a block in a way which is rare for me um because I was just like kind of like, what am I doing? What's the point? Well, I want this to look cool. I don't know if it's looking cool, but I think it will and once I'm done. But what I'm doing is making these vinyl kind of masks for to spray over top of them. So I'm gonna be spraying, but I'm out of the masking material. So I have to buy more and I'm gonna buy more of it than I did last time because it was kind of a test. But in order to do the the idea I have and I have no money to do that. So it's like I'm just kind of bottlenecked with the kind of money situation i can't do anything and it's really frustrating it's like i honestly i feel like i mean honestly at this point where i'm at right now i need like a thousand dollars more a month to to really feel like i can sort of thrive you know and so and that's just with the situation i'm in now so that would be like 1200 a year more so that'd be like 54 plus 12 i'll just say my salary is 54 um 54 thousand um, plus 1200 or no, 12,000, um, 66,000. And then that's only just for like making sure I'm actually to buy supplies every month, save a little bit easier, you know, just kind of keep that doesn't include. And then it would be like, I'm paying 600 a month now. So, um, Wherever I move to, will most likely rent will be between like fifteen and two thousand more. You know, rather than just six hundred. I mean, most places that are kind of in cities and stuff are more in that range. So I'm just gonna say two thousand a month times twelve would be twenty four thousand minus the six hundred, which would be six thousand or six hundred times hundred times seventy two thousand. So. Um, what do we say Twenty, twenty-four thousand um, minus seven 24,000, um, minus 7,200 16,800 plus 66,000. So we're looking at around 80, $80,000 a year would be a, what you kind of need to survive. It's just I mean, my expenses aren't that crazy. I'm gonna have a car payment, but who doesn't have a car payment? You know, or something like that? I'm not even paying my school loans. Thankfully the um I don't have to right now. They're on like, you know, because of what I made last year. I don't know. Where I mean, Jesus Christ. So we'll see what happens. But that's the struggle and it's like so the decision is like, so what do you do about that? You know? What do you do? Do you try to find a job that can pay you like that much? Or do you do something significantly different that you are okay with living off of a lot less and your like your um responsibility is also a lot less you know i don't know and then it's just like what's going on in our society right now with just just overall income disparity and and what things just cost and it's crazy it's crazy it's all part of it all right, let's talk about, so that's where I'm at right now. So part of why I even bring that up, so I am on. I was on the fence about like, should I even talk about this stuff? And it's like, yes, I'm gonna talk about this stuff because it's like a true documentation. And that's the point. It's like the documentation of this process. You know, when, when, keyword, somebody researches my life for their documentary or their biopic or, or their book or their their biography, they'll have it they'll know the truth about what it felt like at this moment in time and what it what i was struggling with and so you know this this podcast is part hopeful part um value based to you as somebody that possibly is thinking about this value based to you as if you are an actual just fan of mine and want to know what i'm going through and and hopeful documentation based on the future audience that might be interested in seeing what my life was like at this time 2024 november 17th you know um and hopefully you know that's what that's the way i see it that's the way my mind sees it and that's the reason i'm talking the way i am um let's talk about grading so if you happen to be a this is what i'm going to start adding into my conversations if once i start once i interview more people like um about their kind of journey as an art uh, educator and art academic. When did you figure out how to grade? I'm still struggling with this, the ability to grade my everybody kind of accurately. Um, it's like I I lean heavily on, are you showing up and are you just being there and trying. Then you're gonna do okay, you know. You're gonna do better than okay because my grade there's somewhat inflated still right now because I just I'm still figuring it out and I'm allowing myself to figure it out. Like I could easily beat myself up and get anxious about this idea of like I'm not doing this right. But it's like you know what? This is I'm still new to this whole thing, and I'm, I'm gonna allow myself to not be perfect and and develop and keep trying to figure it out and keep working on it. So things that I've learned, you know, I've talked about this before. The things that I've learned when I first started was trying to put put points on everything. And that was like, that's not working. I just can't see it. Just like everything was even more inflated. It didn't give me this luxury, this ability to, to kind of just look at the assignments and go like, just kind of accurately assess the assignments. So now I do this kind of hybrid of sort of a point system, but mostly going, I look at it first go that's is like an a b c or d and then i put the points on it based on that versus going did i did they check the boxes then adding up the points and then doing it's like different it's like i look at it the other way for the most part depending on the class of course um and that's a good thing but then i'm also noticing i was trying to this semester i was trying to do on canvas they have the ability to weight grades. so i was trying to make like main projects mean more but it really didn't work out the right way i gotta work on my math and understanding how that can actually happen Um, and so i'm gonna keep working on that but what i'm thinking about now is more like this kind of everything's 20 points like everything is 20 points and i go and why it's 20 points just to keep it kind of simple for one it's like is it an a b c d and if it's like an a but better it's not it's like uh 19 points if it's a uh b but better it's it's um uh 17 points you know so it's like so an a would be um 18 points or better you know because 90 percent of 20 points is you know uh 18 points or better um and so it just kind of simplifies it in a way it's like that was c quality work so that means it's going to be this many points and then i vary like how i i I kind of do that and then it just i don't know just i'm thinking about as i move forward that's going to be my new system It's like everything's going to be worth 20 points and it's just going to be like if there's you know don't i don't have to think about like the whole spectrum of like 100 point scale where it's like an a is you know between 90 and 90 100 point you know it's like it's just kind of like it's a little bit quicker to the point it's just kind of like so that's kind of where i'm thinking about <coughs> heading toward trying to structure my point system and, and kind of figure that out um yeah so i don't know if you have any advice on how you've learned to grade uh, jump in the comments let me know i would love to hear your thoughts on grading um to, to add to it if you know any resources any books any kind of things like that about that kind of concept of grading with art it's it's, i mean it's interesting because you know there's a lot of luckily i don't do any kind of essay type stuff so i don't have to worry about grading essays which i imagine would be similar a similar problem i mean obviously you have the grammar and punctuation and that but so that's a mark but it's like the just the overall flow of the the paper is kind of like decided on by the reader and everybody kind of reads differently. And I'm not strong at re- Like I would not put myself, like I can't do with writing what I can do with looking at artwork. Like I can see where the, the, the fundamental aspects of artwork are being expressed or not like, you know, balance and contrast and hierarchy, you know, like whatever might be, Required to look at and understand an artwork, I can see it and look at it and kind of formal and anau- analyze it, but I can't do that with writing. And so, but I imagine it's a similar kind of thought. It's like you can. That's the if you're a, if you're a language arts teacher, that's the challenge: is how do you grade then on that gray area of how well they understand just the the art of writing um versus did they turn it on time as their punctuation then capitals and all that kind of grant that kind of stuff the more the more uh not clinical is not the right word but not academics not the right word but the more like just standardized like dot your i's cross your t's type of aspect of the assignment um like how do you grade that kind of gray area and i'm still sort of learning i've been depending on the project it's easier, you know, bigger projects, oh, higher level classes I find easier to do that with. So, what I'm still discovering the new nuance of it cuz it's like, I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting how I'm discovering that and I'm 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 working on that. All right. So that's a little bit about grading. And if you have any thoughts on grading, let me let me hear your thoughts about it. your philosophy on grading some of the things that i'm planning to do as i move forward so this idea i've kind of came up with i was i was thinking but one of the things i stress in my kind of practice as a instructor as an art educator is the idea of recognizing your influences and and having that actually influence your artwork and so that means you have to research you have to research who you care about what you'd like what's inspiring you research it find out what they're all about find out what you know isms might they might be a part of you know find out just formally analyze the work that inspires you and find out what it's all about and then use that information to help inform the work that you're going to make and so part of in that process is like the idea of <clears throat> sort of not basically copying the artwork of other artists especially if you reference if you show um really clear reference to you know art from that's historically praised in a way it's it's part of the canon of great art if you actually reference that art in your artwork and people can see that and if you do it in a respectful way if you do it in a, a thoughtful way um uh It's like, it actually elevates your artwork. It elevates you as an artist within the arts community. I think a a young artist could possibly misunderstand the idea of copying and being influenced by and how there's a distinction there. And then also feeling like you're supposed to figure it all, you're supposed to like reinvent the wheel every time. This is something that I've been, a, a phrase that I've been using a lot in my classes lately is like, if you feel like you're, you have, and I said it in my graphic design class just the other day, it's like, if you are feeling like you are having to build all this item, we're doing these style guides for our graphic design, and there's like a gajillion style guides out there, and I want them to just steal ideas. I want them to look at other style guides and go, I like how that's laid out. I'm gonna use that concept and put it on mine. And so if they're not doing that, if they're not just going like, using the templates that are already out there they're like they're doing it wrong and i told him that in class i was like if you're not being influenced if you're not looking at what we've been looking at this whole half of the semester your classmates included and taking ideas and imply you're doing it wrong if you feel like you have to build it all from just like your imagination completely like that's not the right way to do it and it applies to you know all types of artwork is that kind of idea of being influenced and allowing it to inform your work and this kind of idea I came up with to express that is the idea of like a handshake. It's like this artistic handshake that you're having with the greater arts community. The 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 people of the past, the people of the future, the critics, the people that are viewing it, the audience. It's like everybody involved is is has a collective handshake going on and and recognizing like it's actually cool to show your reference you know i think there's like it's like a lot of i think we can get caught up in this idea of like trying to be trying so hard to be original and like nothing else that we lose sight of it's actually not as cool as if you are engaging with the conversation of art that's happened before and may happen in the future like use allow your expression to um, recognize that the the greater arts community in many ways and i'm calling that like the artistic handshake in a way and and so with that idea in mind i've been really inspired to like i'm doing a a class next semester that's called um not brand identity is what i'm doing this semester it's called advertising design and i'm going to take it in a very expressive way like i want the students to really express their own individual creativity in this idea i don't want to like look at it through the lens of you know what i don't know There, there's a possibility of doing it kind of like market research branding which i'm not doing it's like i'm doing it more in not branding but advertising but i'm doing it more in attention grabbing you know it really you know advertising essentially is trying to grab people's attention and artists that's what we do is grab people's attention so we're allowed within this class i want them to use design ideas design principles but just try to grab attention and so to me that means make some bad ass motherfucking work like make something visually compelling that looks just you can't take your eyes off of it that's what I want um, my students to do so in that idea I want them to also reference the past I want them to be researching what's happened before and reference you know find people that inspire them past or contemporary even you know just right now but find people that inspire them and allow that influence to be shown in their work there's some direct um needs of that like i'm gonna do some of these so one of my assignments one of the the main the first big assignment i want to do is this idea like they're they're promoting an event and so maybe it's, like, a movie event or a, a concert event or whatever. And it could be there. they take something that's already existed, like a movie, like, I don't know. I was researching Hunger Games recently, so maybe, and the new one's coming out. So, like, maybe you take the idea of Hunger Games, but then you apply a layer or an idea of some historical kind of design movement or a, you put it in a different genre or era and you build a whole you know uh advertising um plan around that there's another word for that but um you design a whole you know strategy in a way or plan around that so it's like you do character posters of hunger games in the style of the 1970s like what would that look like and you just go go ham on it and make it like look awesome um that's the kind of that's the kind of approach i want them to have so i hope it takes them a little they have to research they have to and then do like a robust you know amount of work so they should spend you know lots of time working on this and then the second part of the class i want them to do group a group project where they're kind of like taking design outside of the computer and like just figuring out a way to look at design as art and how that can be done for advertising, using different technologies, using cameras, using video and all those kind of things. So in that so what I'm getting to is one of the things I hope to do over this winter break is create a book essentially and there might be one that's already out there, but it's basically designed so you, an artist or designer, And um, mainly, I guess I'm mainly focused on the kind of graphic design world of things because I I need it. But making this kind of PDF book of every like important designer and plus contemporary designer that I can think of in a way and put them all just alphabetically in this book. You see their picture, you see maybe a small write-up about it, and then you see like three to four images of their work and then like it'll be a pdf so we can link out so maybe i won't even have the write-up part it just be like their name a link to the something out there and then just so you could just flip through this work quickly these these pages and go like you know here's our designers that are important in our society as an artist and let me be influenced by them but right now sometimes right now when you're trying to search like on the internet even you're it's it's like a there's like a couple it like breaks up sometimes a designer it like the link tree essentially to getting to the information you need to get to is um not always easy to navigate so this just puts it all like a compendium of like in like good design and you can be inspired by or good art that you can be sort of inspired by It just kind of like scrolls through and um yeah, that's my plan to make this PDF document. And then I'm gonna share it out with, my students can have their own copies, but then I can share it out to like my old professors and whatnot and say, hey, if this is valuable to you and you wanna share it with your students, here's like this kind of book I made. And then maybe I can even like develop it and publish it. And then there we go, full circle, going back to what I talked to at the beginning of the podcast, which which is like that research element of being an uh, academic in, in at a university is like, if I had a published book about an idea, that would be pretty awesome. So so there we go. Anyways, so that's it. That's my podcast for today. Um, let me know what you think, I'd love to hear from you. Um, we are on, um, so I didn't quite finish the update. I'm on Thanksgiving break at this school. We have a whole week off, which I mentioned before, um, which is great, I'm really thankful that. I really still would want them to put a break one week off between now and the beginning of the semester there should be a week just 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 find whatever week lands directly smack dab in the middle and just have that week off i was thinking about it the other day what it would possibly cause problems with like the university administrative level i don't know maybe you know sports would obviously have to keep going if like football and other things they would just continue through the week but um but as far as most students i think they really could use like a week off like between now between like this thanksgiving break and the beginning of the semester because at this school anyway once we get back from thanksgiving we have one full week of classes and in all my classes it's pretty they they should basically be done their work we're gonna like do a book binding project together uh which reminds me i have to do a practice round over this week um and then it's finals week and I don't have any finals in any of my classes. So one of my classes, I'm having them do a presentation, but it's really low low pressure, low key. Um, and um, But other classes, we may roll into finals day if they are not done, if they need that extra time and we'll do the book, the binding process of our books then. But I don't know. But anyways, it's pretty low key for my classes. I don't do, I was talking, I've talked about this before and I've talked to my students about it basically i try to design my courses to be sort of like a bell curve i guess you could say where we ramp up and then we get busy and then by the toward the end maybe it's a kind of an ob- oblonged or a, a slightly off not an even bell curve it's a little bit weighted toward the end of the semester but then we get to this point where we basically try to make like the last month three weeks of classes is one large project and then it just kind of ramps down because all they're doing is just focused on getting the work done. It's like studio time in the class. It's like they're not learning new stuff. They're not having to come and listen to lectures or anything. It's just maybe we'll do a couple critiques here and there to, see, to check in on progress. But it's not like kind of as many things as kind of earlier in the semester that they're kind of being given and re- required to do. Between like presentations that they may be giving and other things, so it's just kind of time for them to work is how I try to design. Where some classes, I can imagine they basically it's like a an angled line from the beginning till the end of the semester. It's like they keep learning, 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 learning. Give them stuff, give them stuff, give them stuff, and then test them at the end. I don't, I don't do it like that. I don't do it like that. Nope. All right, <clears throat> I think I was pretty good. You got into the into the mind of the Zim the way that I think about this whole process of being an artist and professor and those kind of things. So one thing I forgot to mention at the top, I'll just do it at the end here. Um, don't forget to come to my exhibition and May 13th through the 30th at the Hiram Van Gordon um, gallery at Tennessee state university. We're doing a live performance in gallery performance. Um, Feel free to donate to support it. All my links for donation are in the description. I'm going to need to come up with about $3,000 or more to spend on lodging and supplies. So hopefully that'll happen. Um, I'm doing tomorrow. Probably nobody will hear this in time, but... Tomorrow, November eighteenth, I'm doing a twelve-hour live stream on my YouTube channel, a game stream. But we're going to be raising money for the exhibition, but also for Doctors Without Borders, and and try to do a subscriber thon as well. Hopefully, we can rally a bunch of people to find the stream, and they'll um, subscribe to the channel. I'm trying to crazy goal of getting to ten thousand subscribers tomorrow. We're at six thousand now, so we need four thousand subscribers in a in a day, which totally could happen if people rally and um let's see if we can make it happen maybe we can get other youtubers and splat tubers to join us um Splatoon is the game i play that we're going to be playing all right friends now we did it all right until next time as always be loving kind and patient peace